0: Welcome to the State of the Lakers postgame show. Thank you guys for being patient through the technical difficulties. Um, it wouldn't be the, uh, this season if the Lakers wouldn't make us sweat a little bit there at the end of the night. But other than <laughs> the ending, I thought it was one of their more impressive games of the season. What do you think, Raj?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was that was the biggest win so far. I mean, Denver, I think, was nine and one coming in, even without Jamal Murray, and to to get this win was great. I'm still out off a, a high off that win um so yeah that was great seeing ad back like i said before i didn't really care about the win i just wanted to see, like the win was uh cherry on top for me seeing ad back was the uh the most important thing and and we got that we got full-on ad on both ends of the floor he hit the um the the biggest shot of the game to put them up for so yeah that was a that was a big time win uh uh tonight
0: yeah i was i was uh, you know throughout the game i kept waiting for this you know, uh, a stressful part on account of the fact that they were missing uh, their two primary dribble creators and Denver. uh, I know Denver doesn't have a ton of defensive talent, but they do defend pretty well. And with Aaron Gordon, they have a decent amount of athleticism. And it was one of those things where I was kind of just waiting for Denver to try to tighten the screws a little bit. And I knew that when they did that the Lakers would struggle to score just because of the fact that Schroeder and LeBron were out. And that's what ended up happening. But, uh, you know, they got, that there, there were a couple of wide open threes that they got out of it. One for Caruso, one for AD, and then AD. One the jumpers weren't falling. AD stopped settling and took a power dribble, got into the lane, and took that little floater over the top from like eight feet, which has kind of been one of his bread and butter shots throughout his career. And uh, it actually Denver defended it really well. He just made it, and uh, uh, and then you know. At, the, uh, that, that defensive play at the end is the microcosm of why we get so frustrated rooting for Anthony Davis, because like that's always in there. like yeah. That's what he's capable of all the time. He is the most freaky, uh, gifted, and, and not just with his physical tools, but also with his anticipation and his instincts. He's the best defensive player in the league when he gives a shit, and <laughs> that, that, he just can't be bothered all half the time.
1: That's what makes him that generational defender, right? The ability to be in the paint and still get out and block that shot. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. was watching the replay here. I think he still had like two feet in the paint uh, while that pass was going to uh, Composito and he reached out and blocked it. And we saw a lot of that tonight. Uh, not blocks on three-pointers, but where he like impacted um, shots, where he like helped in the lane. Because the Lakers, they didn't change really their defensive coverage on screen rolls. They just, AD was a lot better as a help defender. He was getting weak side blocks, um, going out, being able to contest the shooters. And that's what we wanted, right? We spent the whole yesterday's um, kind of doom and gloom podcast when you look at it now, but uh, or spaces um, when you look at it now. But uh, that, this is what we expected, and uh, th- that's all I wanted to see from tonight. The win is awesome to get that on top of it, but to get AD back looking like this, we get this AD, and we're cooking. We're we're rolling here. This is um, this is the best that he looked. His jumper was there. He had legs under him. Um, he was engaged the whole game. I felt like. Uh, maybe one or two plays where he kind of made, I think he almost got a steal on MPJ, got like the, the dunk. Uh, it was in the fourth quarter. But other than that, he was engaged the whole game um, helping. And uh, yeah, this, this is why Laker fans and us call him the best defender in the league. He hasn't looked like that the last few games, but um, tonight was his best uh, so far for sure.
0: Well, and, and Laker, Laker fans have had a, a, a tendency in the past for good reason, because that's the way fans are. And for the record, all fan bases act this way. The Lakers just right. happen to have a lot more fans, uh, but Laker fans have had a tendency in the past to kind of bully their players into getting <laughs> it together. You know, and, and this is the first time that's been directed towards one of their stars. And, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it wasn't just pressure from the fan base. It was what was happening him on, happening to him on the court. He was getting humiliated. Like it was showing in the scoreboard. The Lakers, I shared some numbers today. Uh, I just dove into the lineup data The Lakers were the second best defense in all of basketball when AD was out for 30 games. Then when he came back in, you know, all of the minutes that AD was on the court, they were giving up like 120 points per 100 possessions, some crazy number like that. And then in the 110 or so minutes without AD, they were still only giving up 103 points per 100 possessions. So their defense was consistent through the, the return of AD, except for when he was on the floor. AD was getting humiliated for his lack of effort and he finally got sick of getting humiliated and he responded. And I think we all kind of saw this coming. Uh, Like no one's just no competitor who who has this much success in life. Like AD is a national champion in college and an NBA champion. Like no one's just going to sit there and let himself continually be humiliated. Eventually something's going to kind of rise up inside of them and they're just going to, fight back and we saw AD fight back tonight. And like he, he is the defensive ceiling razor. That last play is a great example of what happens when you're an elite defense, but you're going against an elite offense. There's a breakdown because Jokic is going to cause breakdowns because of how good he is. And Denver mm-hmm. gets a wide open look. Like you said, AD has got both feet in the paint. You're watching that on your couch. Like, uh-oh. And he blocked that shot. Like he is the ceiling raiser because even the best defenses will eventually have openings and AD is capable of shutting even those openings and that's what makes him so scary.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely uh what we what we asked for, right? Like that's what this team needed. Everything else we can talk about, we talked about last night, all like the ancillary pieces like I'm sure we're going to get into Andre Drummond, but we couldn't even start with that until Anthony Davis got right. And it, and it seems he got right. Um, and they got the big win tonight. If they can beat the Clippers somehow on uh, Thursday, hopefully LeBron returns. Then um, it'll be a really nice pickup for this team. Um, they needed a win like this, right? Like you could tell with all the quotes that were coming out that uh, that the team was kind of down uh, for right now. But it looked like they took this game serious. Um, so that was that was the most important thing uh, in my in my like uh, in my notes here. Um, I, I was I really wanted to see what they did on Jokic, right? Like I thought that was going to be big tonight. And I thought they approached it kind of like a playoff game. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Jokic's uh, shot uh, shot chart here, and uh, he missed a bunch of, like, you know, like those shots that are in the paint but not at the rim. Um, I'm seeing here he missed, like, eight eight or nine shots right there. And I think if you can make him take those, like, those two-pointers that are contested that aren't, like, at the rim, I, I think you've kind of won um, against him. And he made some of those, right, uh, those – uh those fade away, like mid range shots that you can't do anything with. If he hits those, mm-hmm. and he hits those, but uh, that's where I thought Drummond was actually okay tonight. Like, uh, again, we're going to talk about it a lot later, but I thought he did his job and then, uh, they, they kind of switched a lot of his actions as well. But, uh, what would you see with, with Jokic tonight? Cause I thought they did a fantastic job on him.
0: So I, I figured coming into the game that AD would entirely avoid the assignment. That seems to be part of his MO right now is that he yeah. doesn't want to take the assignment unless he, absolutely has to in like in the biggest moments like that's the only time they'll consider it because there I noticed even when they went to the bench in the second quarter uh, uh or at the end of the first quarter I believe actually uh, Montrez Harrell came in who has a history of kind of having issues with Jokic and AD wouldn't take Jokic then either he put he ended up taking uh, I think Dozier or one of the wings and and left Montrez on, on Jokic so it's clear that he wanted nothing to do with him so it comes down to what are you going to do with Drummond and, and Gasol on him. And both of them, I thought, did a really good job. I thought Gasol did a little bit better because he avoided some of the uh, mm-hmm. uh, more troublesome fouls. The, uh, that play where Gasol fouled him at the end of the game and they gave him the, 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 the two free throws, Gasol actually kind of was trying to make a smart play there. He noticed that he gave up middle. He thought the defense was compromised. He's like, I'm just going to grab him so they'll just have a side out of bounds. Um, uh, but other than that play, which was in retrospect a mistake, Gasol did a really nice job of defending without fouling and making him make shots over the top. Drummond had a couple of mistakes. I thought he lost him on a couple of box outs. Um, that yeah, was his, sure. where he primarily lost Jokic, and then he had that play where you know Jokic, who didn't have a good jump shooting night, he got overzealous he him. defending yeah. him at that at that pull up uh, little eighteen uh, footer that he shot and, and sent him to the line there too. So, I mean, the, the thing is, is like those little mistakes, you want to see them both cut out. But for the most part, they did their job. They threw bodies at, uh, uh, at Jokic and made him work. And I, I said this in the tweet earlier, it's always a team effort. Like the, what, helps, um, uh, what helps those guys do better on an island with Jokic is having guys like KCP – and Wesley Matthews, who are so good at like stunting and giving the impression of taking away space while at the same time being able to recover and get out to shooters because they ne- they didn't really have to send hard doubles at Jokic, which takes away his passing ability. That, that, that's where he's at his absolute best is when he breaks you down to the point where you have to send doubles and then he'll pick you apart. But the Lakers just kind of make you feel like you're in a crowd. But technically, it's still a one on one matchup. And, and, and it, it takes away a lot of those reads, and it was just all in all just an unbelievable defensive performance from the Lakers. Just another one of those Frank Vogel
1: masterpieces. Yeah, for sure. And and just looking at here, I think uh, Denver went six for twenty four from three, and I thought a lot of those were actually pretty bad looks. Like they shot twenty five percent, and this is a pretty good three point shooting team, right? That's what Jokic does; he kind of creates shots for them, and they did a really nice job uh, closing out. I guess we can like talk about Lakers Twitter's uh, hero here, Marcus Gasol. Um, which it feels <laughs> like it feels like Lakers Twitter was not loud enough, right? And uh, right. where Vogel is like reading the the timeline because Gasol got his minutes and he absolutely killed. Um, he he kind of allows AD to be the five without actually giving up any size, right? Like that's kind of what helps here. We we saw him come mm-hmm. in and the pace, the pace just like immediately picked up. Caruso KCP, they're starting to fly down. Um, he had like a beautiful uh, full court pass, I think. Um, I forgot to I forgot who. I think it was to West Matthews. Um, he got a beautiful full court pass to him, and the ball just moves around. He knows where to to play uh, to pass to. Um, Ad can play in the post with a lot more space, right? I think that's where it was really key. He got he got good looks from there. So yeah, like it was really great seeing Mark, and then he hit his threes. Like I think uh, I think he had mm-hmm. like three. I think he had like three threes tonight. And he really helps a guy like Tht. Like in my notes here, I put like Tht and Mark because that Tht is a real creative driver, right? And he needs a release valve. Like I call Mark a release valve, and he gives them that release valve. Like Tht can go in, jump in the air, spin, and then find Mark in like the corner or something because he's just creating as he goes. And I thought yep. they helped the bench. They went away from that Trez and Markeith, um lineup in the second half, which I thought really hurt them in the first half. Uh, they played Mark in those minutes and. Yeah, like I guess Laker's turn needs to be even louder. I think he's going to start getting more minutes. I I feel like Vogel really didn't want to go back to him in the in the fourth quarter, but that lead was just slipping so quickly that uh you had to get the win. And he and he threw in uh Gasol in the in the end there. But I thought that was the main keys to me tonight. It was eighty going off, coming back, and then Marcus all looking like he's ready for um he's ready for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and you know. To- one of the cool things about Twitter, one of the cool things about, you know, modern social media is like you get a lot more really smart people involved with this stuff. And there there were just a lot of really smart Lakers people from all over the world, really, that were like we're looking at data because we all have access to the data. We all have access to the film and we're watching it. And it's like we we all knew we were right you know, that that's the reality of it, because like we were all watching the same thing and we were all looking at the same data. That's what was so refreshing about hearing Kyle Kuzma come out in the postgame yesterday and be like, you know, this is what we think we should do, because it goes to show you that, you know, we all were, you know, thinking the same way that a professional basketball player might think when they look at this or, you know, Frank Vogel saying, we well, you know, we're going to try to make it happen. And then he did so in practice today by playing us more uh, as far as in theory on the court, though, like you know, it's a couple of things. You said it makes AD like he's the five, uh, but the Lakers are still big. Well, the truth of the matter is, is it makes AD the five on offense. That's the important part. Right. Because AD would love to be the five on offense. He just doesn't want to guard big guys. That's literally all it is. AD, AD is shirking the responsibility of dealing with the physicality of playing the five position on defense. That's all it is. He can sugarcoat it and all these different things, but that's what it is. And the truth is, is, he, he willingly is making what he doesn't understand is that by taking that responsibility, it actually takes away a lot of what he has to deal with on the offensive end, because instead he may not be wearing himself down as much on the defensive end, but on the offensive end, he's playing in a crowd more. He's dealing with more bumps and bruises as he's going to the basket. So it's like he's kind of signing himself up for just a different version of the same problem. Uh, and by playing Marcus All, it kind of puts him in that perfect sweet spot where on offense he's effectively playing, you know, a four-out-one-in attack where he has the space to attack. But then on defense, Marcus is taking all of that beating for him. That's why the Marcus All fit was such an obvious and and clear fit to make this work. And then the other big thing that you know the obvious stuff with his shooting and the way it impacted spacing. But the other big thing, and you mentioned this, was his outlet passing. And it wasn't yeah. just the, it wasn't just the long bomb. It's the starting to break quicker stuff like it's the instead of getting the rebound and doing what Drummond does where he like chins it and like spins around and like maybe he'll take two dribbles himself and then he'll find a guard. And he'll give it to him like Marcus All like starts the break actively before he even has the ball like he, he's getting the rebound and he's looking over and he sees a guard streaking and he'll like catch it and throw a quick tap pass forward and something like that gains you an advantage. And gets you playing in in semi-transition where the defense isn't set, rather than going against a set defense, which has been a weakness for the Lakers literally for two years. So, like having Marcus all out there impacts the game on so many levels. And just like with Alex Caruso last year, you're going to continue to see it in the box score. When they play Marcus all, they're going to have success, and it's going to show in the in them winning the minutes that he plays. And when they continue to play a big bruising, you know brainless, spaceless five, they're going to struggle. I think, I think that's just going to continue to be the theme.
1: Yeah. I think that is a little, a little rough. Like I know we want to blame, we want to blame a lot of it on, uh, on Drummond. And look, people were, were all happy because Drummond got his fifth foul. Like I saw Laker to go through a full on celebration because Drummond uh, picked up his fifth foul. And look, he struggles that the post-ups are still a lot. Like I just, I still don't understand why, you know, we're throwing into him in the post as much, Um, especially with, uh, with LeBron, uh, not in the game and I, Caruso had a lot of turnovers him t- to him tonight too as well right they're just mm-hmm. not on the same page where he should be cutting um, and all that but again like they're both on the team like Gasol and Drummond are both on the team and like it's funny seeing JaVale McGee on the other side because I see Drummond as like JaVale role you know you saw JaVale like you saw the good and bad of him tonight like you saw him mm-hmm. be able to roll but he like he does these weird things where he tries to go behind the back passes and uh, weird floaters that some of them went in and I see Drummond in that same kind of light, man. It'll be it'll be situational. It's very clear they want to get in minutes in the regular season. Um, maybe that was agreed, agreed upon before, um, he signed here or something, but that, that seems like the clear thing that's going on. And, and, and Mark, obviously, I mean, anyone who's watching, you know, these games, rewatching these games, you could tell that, uh, Mark is having just a huge impact. And I think he'll play a lot when, when these games matter, especially in, uh, against Denver, who I think this is his second really good game against the Nuggets, um, especially yep. defensively. Right. I think he turned that last game around as well tonight. Jokic, um, he had a few good baskets on him, but you could tell like he bothers him. Mark is really smart. Um you you're not gonna like trick him. He knows he knows all the all the tricks up the sleeve. He's a former defensive player of the year, all the all the accolades and stuff like that. So he's he's a really awesome dude to just have on there where Jokic is gonna have to work for his shots and that's all you can ask for. Um I think Jokic went like eleven for twenty-five or something tonight and and if you make him do that, you're gonna win the game. So uh they, they held uh Denver to under twenty five points in every quarter. And this is a good offensive team even without Jamal Murray. Like this is a team that's that can put up points. So Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought that was great. And uh, Mark was a huge part of, uh, of this win.
0: What did uh, Michael Porter jr. Finish with? What was like 17? I think I remember correctly. Uh,
1: might've been 19. He had 19. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So what I thought was interesting too, is like, as like Michael Porter jr. In his last 10 games has been averaging like 26. Yeah. And I thought KCP and Kyle Kuzma both did a really nice job throughout the game of just staying in his airspace and making him feel uncomfortable. Look, when he's so tall that when he gets up into his shot, like there's really not a whole lot you can do. Um, but what you need to do is get him to second guess his shot enough that he just takes fewer attempts. And I thought I thought the Lakers did a good job of that. It, like his his last three that he took, which was uh, late, is one at the top of the key that he ended up missing long. Uh, he was in all sorts of crowd. There was body on either side of him. There's no way that when he's going up, he's not thinking about all that congestion and the way that it affects his shot. And again, just the the Lakers, you know. You and I both have have beat this drum for two years, but I think they're the best defense, one of the best defenses ever. In, in, when they when they try, right. they have all the, the Frank is excellent at scheming. They're strong in every position. Uh, they're they're good at uh, containing uh, at, at the point of attack, and they're good in their rotations and they're good at the rim. And they have big wings now. And it's just they're they're an unbelievable defensive team. You know what? <laughs> I was a little too hard on Drummond. Um, the the one thing I'll say about Drummond <laughs> is if they're going to play him, I just wish strategically they would use him in a way that plays to his strengths offensively. And what I mean by that is like, look, he's not a great post-up player. And if you are going to post up with either LeBron or AD, he's not serving any purpose because he can't catch lobs and <clears throat> at least not as well as he needs to. And he's just not a good enough finisher out of the dunker spot. There was a Actually, a play today, if you remember, I think Caruso ended up throwing a lob to him, and it went over the top and went out of bounds. Yeah. Like JaVale would catch that, for instance. You know, like he's just he's just not great as like a straight up vertical jumper. But if you use him as a ball screener, like if LeBron's on the floor with Drummond or Schroeder's on the floor with Drummond, you put everybody else at the three-point line and use him as a screener, he has real value there because he's a big body it gets the ball handler an advantage and makes the defense commit one way or the other, then he can bring some value there and, and get, get him rumbling to the rim as opposed to trying to go straight up over Jokic or whoever it is where he just struggles to finish. And I, I do think that just because Gasol is the obvious fix to a lot of their problems doesn't mean Drummond can't play. It just means, you know, you need to adjust on the fly here and use him in a way that makes sense and I don't know, You maybe you stagger those two guys instead of, instead of staggering with Trez, and maybe he's the odd man out. I don't know. These are tough questions, but it's very clear that Marcus Gasol has to be one of the guys who is in the rotation.
1: Yeah, so the thing you're talking about, what's tough about that is making Drummond the screener, is then you turn AD pretty much into a spot-up shooter, right? Like, he'll just go stand in the corner. And they did that a few times today. The problem is Denver, they just cheated off the shooters. I think Alex Russo hit a few, but they left him open a uh, ton of times. And the problem with Drummond is, like, he's not a good finisher in the uh, dunker spot. He's not a lob threat, and, like, he has a tough time catching, like, passes if they're not thrown from, from, like, LeBron, right? Like, Caruso's a good passer. He's not going to pass you open, but, like, if you're open, he can find you. But again, he's not a great passer, neither is AD. I think they ran like a screen roll with uh, AD as the ball handler, right? With Drummond as the screener, and I thought it was Mm. really nice. AD shortened his dribble, had the big on his back like he was a guard, and then threw this like nice uh, little uh, pass in the paint to Drummond, right in his hands. But it was just a little too hot, and again, AD's not like a... Awesome passer like LeBron, maybe that gets through with LeBron. I don't know, and it goes right through Drummond's hands, and uh, Denver goes the other way. So that's where like the struggle is finding like an offensive role for him, and it, it looks like the only real role for him where he can get shots up is through post ups, right? Even if mm-hmm. they're super inefficient, they just they need him to get looks. And when a guy is just in the you know right near the rim, has a guy sealed, like it's tough for a guard to like look that away, right? Cruzam mm-hmm. has to throw that like if a guy has got a dude pin, Drummond just does not hit them at a rate that you would believe a big should. But again, I again I don't like piling on him because I feel like he does do things that add to the game. Um he uh he defends at least at a normal good enough level where he can stay on the floor. It's just his offense is a struggle, especially with no LeBron and the, the shooting is inconsistent, so Denver can uh kind of play off him. So uh, I guess and that's a lot of Drummond talk, but uh mm-hmm. Yeah, again, like I just feel like he's ancillary still, like to these title hoves and like what we need to be. Uh the key things are AD needs to be himself. And uh we got that tonight, and Mark showed they're still a big time competitor. And those are things that really matter tonight. Uh, yeah. rather than looking rather than looking at this through like, wow, Drummond really closed again or was about to close. Because I think that's just what's <laughs> gonna happen uh right now. And I really don't think those things will matter once we get into the to the real games.
0: You're right. And 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 for the record, I think I think there's some lineup moves uh from Frank, that could help some of these problems. Like for instance, I used to complain all the time about Rondo being a starter, if you remember, because I felt yeah. like I felt like what he did with LeBron was very redundant, and inevitably the Lakers would get off to slow starts because you'd have these two like you know pound the ball type playmakers, and neither of them were well. Rondo in particular wasn't very good off the ball, and it would cause problems for them. Well, then they put Rondo on the bench, and then that actually ended up working for them in the postseason when they kind of staggered Rondo and LeBron and that's the thing is you're right. Like ideally you don't want to turn AD into a spot up shooter. That's why the Drummond minutes make so much more sense coming off the bench and playing with LeBron. Um, But I agree with you. These are all ancillary things. And the most important thing, uh, uh, you know, I said last night, if you guys remember, I said, I just need to see it once. And what I was referring to are the three things that I think are abundantly important to this team winning the title. And that's, A.D. looking like A.D., LeBron looking like LeBron, and the defense looking like the Laker defense. Mm -hmm. And tonight we saw two of those three things. So we can be relatively comfortable knowing that there's still a dominant basketball player inside of A.D. this season. I think we all knew, you know, over the course of his contract that he would be A.D. again. But there was concern with his health and with his frame of mind that maybe he wasn't there this year. Well, he clearly is because tonight, tonight he made some world-changing plays, and he he actually like straight up just outplayed the MVP. Like Nikola Jokic is the MVP. Anthony Davis was better than him tonight, so that was yeah. was obviously very uh, uh, you know uh, comforting for Laker fans to see. And then you know the defense was they took a, an extremely gifted offensive group. With arguably one of the top two or three offensive players in basketball this year, and they basically shut him down tonight, and uh, you know uh, uh, held them well under 100 points, and, and and won with by getting stops down the stretch of the game, and so th- those two things are very comforting. And now it basically just comes down to the LeBron stuff, which I was wrong about last night because I thought <laughs> that he was I thought that he was going to play tonight because I thought he just exited the game early essentially just to get ready for tonight. And, and clearly, there he is dealing with some lingering pain. Is that something you're concerned about at all?
1: Not really, from like the, the doctors that I follow. And obviously, Lakers Twitter is a nice, uh, big space. so There's a lot of people in a lot of professions. There's a lot of uh, really good doctors. And they say that, like, I think he was a little bit sore, right? I think that was the uh, Shams report. And they say that's pretty normal um, after a high ankle sprain like this. So um, I don't think I'm nervous about it. I mean, LeBron had a quote that he doesn't feel like he'll ever be a hundred percent again, uh, I think in his career, he had some quote like that, which was a little bit, a little bit, a little bit dooming, especially with the way the others were playing, but I'm not worried about him. And I I feel like LeBron's going to be there. Um, he's like the least of my worries on this team, to be honest. Like, I, I think, I think he'll be there when it, when it matters. I, he just needs to get some time with this team. And, and that's what I want to see on Thursday. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if they'll beat the Clippers. Clippers are playing at a, at a pretty awesome level as well right now, but I just want to see that same effort and intensity as when LeBron wasn't here, you know, tonight all those guards defending the same way um, I want to see ad being ad and again I'm not talking about win and loss just him impacting the game like he did tonight he had a big time impact on it when he was on the floor and I want to see that same thing on Thursday with uh, with Le- hopefully with LeBron um, coming back uh, and maybe LeBron might not be 100 percent yet and that's expectable uh, that's expected um, there's still like seven games left uh, I'm I trust that he knows how to ramp up the a guy that's been to multiple finals, multiple times in a row. Uh, if anybody knows how to ramp himself up for a playoff uh, playoff run, he knows it. So I, I trust him more than anything else on this team. Everything else needs to work right. I'm sure LeBron will be there uh, to control things when it when it matters.
0: Yeah, we're on the same page. I, I'm not uh, necessarily concerned about it either. One of the nice things too with LeBron, like if you had to if you had to pick between getting. You know, for this postseason, having AD at ninety-five percent or LeBron at eighty percent, or LeBron at ninety-five percent and AD at eighty percent physically, I would take AD being more healthy because he we actually need his physical tools so much more uh, for this team to reach its ceiling because of what he does defensively. But LeBron at eighty percent of what he is physically is still so capable of impacting the game. And for the record, we saw that in these last two games. The Lakers had an extremely good defense and were positive on the scoreboard in LeBron's first two outings. Even though the Lakers defended like dog shit overall over those two games, when LeBron was on the floor, things looked good because he just impacts the game really well on the defensive end as a communicator and as a backline defender, and then on the offensive end, just making decisions, just making basketball decisions every time he goes down the floor. And so, like, I'm less worried about him getting to his peak physical form than I am about AD. And so that's what makes it so comforting to see AD make plays the way that he did tonight. As far as, like, you know, LeBron's progression here, you know, uh, what the, what's most important is to understand with this particular injury, it appears to be mostly about pain tolerance, so, like right now in this regular season, he can be a little bit more, you know, uptight about it and and take rest when he needs it. But at the end of the day, like when they when they get in when they get into the postseason, LeBron's going to be able to, you know, do whatever he needs to do to deal with the pain and play through it. And the other wrinkle on this um, that makes it a little bit less concerning for him to take a night like tonight off is the standings are entirely in flux. I was listening to the low post today um, and Zach Lowe was reading off basically the statistical percentages of teams landing and specific
1: seeds. Yeah. It's and all over like, the place.
0: It's all over the place. Like Utah's mm-hmm. considered a 60, 40 favor to get the one seed, which is just a little better than a coin flip. Denver and the Clippers are straight up in a 50, 50 coin flip in terms of probabilities as to where they'll end up. And then literally coming into tonight, Portland, Dallas, and and the Lakers were all tied. (laughs) And, you know, and and so, like, the truth of the matter was is, like, you could have – you could theoretically have approached the end of the season in a super aggressive manner and been rewarded with the Clippers for your trouble. So I I do think that his approach of prioritizing his physical health makes the most sense. Uh, However – I do I, I, I do think that it's a little bit less important for him than it is for AD, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. And again, like I wasn't standing watching at all today because to me it was no point until we got you know AD to look like this and the team looked like they cared about any of these games because looking at the standings really didn't matter if the Lakers were going to keep dropping games um, due to no engagement. So uh, that was a good thing. Now I can go back to kind of looking at the standings again, which I think we're tied with Dallas still. So, um we have a tough schedule but portland dropped here. a game tonight oh yeah oh okay portland lost all right so yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a good thing i guess we'll we'll try to stay out of that playing game i guess but man we have i think three back-to-backs left um to close the the close of the season uh with teams like phoenix the clippers coming up the knicks um all all tough games but uh, another guy i wanted to touch on tonight uh, caruso i thought had his best game in a while right? like, oh, yeah. was, i think i think he was hurt but um yeah, he had like a really nice – it looked like playoff Caruso to me. That's why I kind of put in my notes here. Um, he looked back to his old self. Uh, I think he was like a plus four tonight, but the whole team was kind of in low plus minuses as well. Uh, but it, I thought he just looked awesome being able to deflect. He was awesome on Jokic as well, um, especially when they were, they were helping and recovering. He had, he had timely threes, um, missed a few down the stretch, but he cut, he dove on the floor. He just he did everything that he does, and I, I thought that was an underrated part that, that wasn't really talked about was they missed him and his energy. Um, that's really that really helps them, and uh, I thought he was a big part of the win too. I don't think they win tonight without him. Uh, Denver has a guy like him on on their side, in Compozo who really gets under guys' skin. And I thought he matched that. He matched that energy on our side. Uh, what did you see from uh, Caruso uh, tonight?
0: Well, I mean, you said it all, man. He was he was awesome. He's their best point of attack defender, in my opinion. I actually think he's a little bit better than Dennis too, because he's just a little bit bigger.
1: Um, yeah.
0: and and you could tell when he would come off the floor how much easier, you know, uh, Composa was getting to his spots or Austin Rivers was getting to his spots just because there was a little bit less resistance at the point of attack. And, and you know, and then offensively, like, I, I have reached, I was actually thinking about this, I think it was in the third quarter. I have reached a point with Caruso where when he's shooting, I feel like it's going in from three, which is crazy to think about because last year you never in a million years would have felt that way. But his, mm-hmm. his form, his form is, is solid, and he pretty consistently knocks them down. And, yeah, he missed a couple at the end of the game, but kind of the, the Lakers just in general as a jump-shooting team went cold at the end of that game, which is something that can happen and it tends to percolate through the whole roster. But, I, I mean, he, with him being able to knock down those shots, it transforms everything. He's a little bit – like, he he, had, he struggled a little bit in pick and roll there at the end uh, uh, when they kind of tried to run him with the closing group. There's a yeah. couple times where he got into no man's land there at the free throw line. And then uh, he kept picking up his dribble when he was trying to give the ball to AD, which then they would just do like crazy ball pressure and denial on AD, and he kind of got caught, you know, in in a tough spot. But those are those are like really nitpicky things, and that's not something he's going to have to do when the time comes. And, uh, but I mean, he's the lifeblood of that team, and and when when they are playing like this, when they're playing this well, uh, it, it usually starts with him. And it's the the best compliment I can I can pay him is that he's kind of like heart and soul of their defense uh, one other guy yeah. i wanted to compliment was kcp um yeah just he's such a winner man it's ridiculous like he had two plays at the end of that game that were completely ridiculous there was one where him and drummond got caught in a pick and roll and i think i think kcp was on uh, michael porter jr and they switched it and, and Jokic got the ball at the top of the key against KCP and actively on the couch. I'm like, Oh, like, why did they switch that? He should have fought over the top. Jokic is going to barrel to the rim on him. Jokic does his classic, you know, you know, kind of rip through over the top and the rolling down the rim looking clumsy like crazy, but he's got a step on KCP and he just stripped it right off of his leg out of bounds. Yeah. It was huge. And it was a huge play. Uh, and then there was another one where uh, someone took a shot. I think it was. I think it was uh, Michael Porter Jr. I think it was the one that he missed from the top of the key. And KCP was not in. Like you know, because there's all these different elements to rebounding, right? Like you got to be the guy. There's got to be someone who boxes out the people around the rim, and then there's got to be people who crash. And and KCP was guarding someone in the opposite corner. His man wasn't crashing, and KCP just went flying through the lane took off off one leg, rose way up over everybody, and ended up tapping the ball out to Marcus uh on a play that could have ended in an offensive rebound for Jokic. And I'm literally sitting there, I'm like, this dude just like he feels the moment, and he just knows how he can make these little plays that can swing the outcome of a game. And both of those plays I just mentioned could have ended up saving the Lakers two points in a game that they won uh, uh, that was just barely a two-possession game. So I mean that that's that's how I I love I love I love rooting for KCP man like it, he's come so far from
1: where he was you know 2 years ago and is just like a just a bona fide winning player. Yeah, he he was a big part of I thought the defense on MPJ as well. They had him I think on him at the end of the game too and I wrote here uh, MPJ had zero assists tonight. That was a big part of it. They really made it tough for him. Um they they got on, on him and uh he had a tough time uh getting space at all. KCB put up uh, 7 rebounds as well. Hit two threes. I thought they were pretty timely threes as well. And uh, they need his shooting. Like I think he went zero for five against the Kings, but you know he's four for four for nine in these last two against uh, Toronto and and Denver. And he's proved that he hit shots like when it matters, right? Like he's proven that he's going to hit them uh, at least in the playoffs last year. Um, he had a little cold streak in the season, but he looks like he's uh, finding his way back. So yeah, like it's nice to have him back. Um, it's going to be tough now because like I think the big news is that we're not going to have uh, Dennis Schroeder till the playoffs start. Right. So, like, that's another 10, 14 games where the Lakers won't have the starting backcourt. And I don't think they really lose anything because they get Caruso more minutes, I guess. So, that kind of uh, other than the THT minutes, but they get a uh, Caruso and KCP in there. And that's still a, a really, a really elite uh, backcourt defense. Um, they, mm-hmm. they play really hard, uh, especially when they got it going. Um, they can really shut down uh, opposing guards. And uh, Denver's a really good team where, like, once they pass the Jokic, they do a lot of really nice cutting actions and a lot of split cuts. And And I thought the switching and the the guards playing well was a big part of them. I mean, P.J. Jozier got hurt, I think, in the middle of that. But he's been playing lights out for them, and they did a nice job shutting him down. So, yeah, I agree. KCP was great. Um, Him and Caruso were a big part of this. Um, They need their guards playing like this because it was so obvious that they weren't, right? Like, it, it just jumped off the screen since AD came back. Like, the all... Everyone's intensity was pretty much at like a preseason level, and it it seemed back to like really intense, ready for the playoffs tonight. So hopefully they picked that up going forward on uh on Thursday. But it was good to see KCP and Caruso both like shut be able to shut down this other team, along with AD being back to himself, uh engaged on every possession. And I, I want to know like what do you think because they ran it a lot through THG tonight, right? Now I just don't think he's ready. um I think you you tweeted about this if he's going to play in the playoffs, right? Like I I think it's going to be really tough. Like he. He's not ready for full ball control. Uh, uh, he had a lot of turnovers against Campazo. He really got into him. Um, he had that weird layup at the end that kind of won the game, too. I thought that was kind of crazy. Um, oh,
0: man. That was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. Like, it was literally, like, about to become a catastrophe.
2: <laughs> like,
0: yeah. if THT, like, if the Lakers had somehow lost that game, and their last offensive possession was THT shooting literally, like literally a backwards hook shot. Like it would have been unbelievable. Um, but I mean, to your, to your original point, like you had mentioned, like, you know, the Lakers will be fine without Dennis. I agree. I, I view Dennis as, as more of like a ceiling razor. Uh, now without LeBron and Dennis, it becomes a huge problem when they lack all of that uh, offensive creation, but we know the Lakers can win with LeBron and AD and various defensive role players around them. We know they can do that. Uh, uh, But Dennis Schroeder, to me, he's just that ceiling raiser for specific matchups. When when you're playing a switching defense in a late-round playoff series and you just need someone to make a play, he's that guy that'll be able to make offensive plays that they didn't have uh, in the past. And so I I think he does bring a great deal of value there. Um, uh, But in the meantime, they can defend extremely well down with all their positions with uh without Schroeder, they have enough depth to cover for that. It just yeah. without without LeBron, they just have to rely on a lot of Caruso and THT and pick and roll, which is just they're just not they're they're what you would call below average NBA uh pick and roll playmakers. And THT going to have his nights uh where and he's going to have his moments, but uh, uh but he's not reliable, uh, is the word that Darius uh, Soriano used that I thought was. Uh, apt for this specific description and you know as far as like uh, you had mentioned earlier that he thrives with Gasol and I I think I think that's as simple as literally just what happens with his uh, uh, spacing Uh, I think just like any other basketball player who prefers to put his head down and go to the rim um, he does better when there's space to operate and when you put him out there with Gasol, he has space to operate in a way that he doesn't have when you put him out there with, you know, a, a lack of shooting. And, and so I think, I think that, I think it really is that, uh, that simple on that front.
1: Yeah. And especially right now, like that's why I think most fans wanted Marcus Saul, right. Cause that's another playmaker that like you, you can have out there. Like the no spacing kind of compounds the issue of not enough ball handlers and AD really has to create a lot of the offense through the post and it's really easy easy to double him, right? So they come down and they throw it into him and the shot clock's already at, like, six. So they throw it to him. It's a quick double. He kicks it out to, like, Caruso or, you know, or Ben McLemore, another guy that, like, they just... Trust that they can get out and contest on that. So that's why it's nice to have like a Saul out into the three-point line, a guy who can create shots for uh, for other guys, especially guys like KCP, um, even Caruso cutting. So I think that that's why uh, we were kind of asking for him to play, especially right now. No Dennis Schroeder till the play till probably game one of the playoffs. So I'm expecting hopefully Gasol gets a lot more minutes there. Um, they they obviously do trust THG kind of run to run screen rolls. I mean they gave him the ball at the end of the game there um, to kind of create so. So hopefully he can kind of make it up. The Clippers are a tough team to do that too, though. They're really good at ball pressuring and they have a lot of wings that make it really tough for you that can really cause turnovers. So like that's where my worry is. But yeah, for right now I think they'll be able to especially if LeBron plays on Thursday, they should be fine. Um he'll be another guy that obviously will create shots for everyone, but for right now for for tonight I thought I thought THG really struggled in that in that aspect.
0: Yeah. And you know, what I had uh, tweeted about earlier was like, there's specific needs that the Lakers have from their role players. And one of them is they just need a lack of mistakes, Um, you know, because it is a game of inches when you get into these playoff series and, and you don't necessarily need the crazy, uh, the highs that come with THT because you're going to be leaning on better players for those moments. You're going to be leaning on AD uh, LeBron and Dennis Schroeder. So When you when you no longer need THT's highs, you suddenly need people that aren't going to have the lows. And that's why you play someone that is a lower ceiling, a little bit more dependable. Uh, If there's one silver lining on the Schroeder thing, um, uh, if there's one silver lining on the Schroeder thing, it's just that uh, 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 he kind of took on a whole lot of mileage on his legs during that non LeBron AD phase. Uh, There was even time where he was complaining about his knee starting to be a little sore and there was a lot of limping. There was some tailbone stuff too. there where he took a bad fall in one of the games. He, he, he took a beating there for a while. So if you had to find some reason to be a little bit less annoyed by the fact that he's out for two weeks, it'd be the fact that he's going to get some rest. Um, But I mean, there's also stuff that goes with COVID having to do with conditioning. Um, You know, if you, if you really are bedridden for, seven days it can be problematic for your conditioning so i mean it's certainly not a good thing um but but may it may end up being a blessing in disguise if they can get him back and get him integrated uh before they get into a a real barn burner of a playoff series
1: yeah and i wonder he might just come off the bench i guess for maybe the first series right just Mm -hmm. to get his his legs back um people people are out for, for hopefully like He's out for probably, I don't know if he tested positive for COVID, but hopefully he's okay. And, uh, yeah, when he comes back, I'm sure he'll he'll have to get his win back again. But, uh, I mean, the Lakers have enough guards to kind of, especially if LeBron's going to play a lot more minutes uh, going forward, they should be able to be okay. But he's a, he's a big part of their team, and that's the only thing I worry about. This is him, him getting enough reps with LeBron and Edie together. Um, those two, I think, uh, only played like 20-something games together, and he's going to be a big part of their offense, a big part of their shot creation, getting baskets and he needs a rhythm and a flow to know when and where they like the basketball, where he shoots from and uh, all that stuff. They just don't have enough time to get that going. Maybe the first round is where uh, they can build, build those habits. Uh, maybe if it's, um, maybe if it's against a team like Denver, like this Denver team. Oh, it'd um, be perfect. Yeah. Perfect a first round matchup for them. Yeah. And Denver really plays a style of a, uh, of defense that's really conductive to Dennis Schroeder, right? They play like a drop coverage with, with Nicole Jokic and that, that's a shot that he looks for. Uh, Dennis looks for, so it can really get him going, get him in a rhythm very quickly. Um, this would be the perfect team for him. But you know, you don't know. There's like eight games left, and the standings are all uh, all bunched together, so we we really don't know. But it'd be mm-hmm. a perfect team for him to kind of come back from, get his legs back from, get his jumper going again, uh, because he was playing well until he came out. So this, and he was carrying the team. Uh, he kept them afloat while LeBron and AD were out, um, and maybe this is good rest for him, like LeBron and AD got, but. Uh, We'll see. It's tough to lose your starting point guard, though, two weeks before or three weeks before the playoffs start. I mean, that's just that's just really tough. But that's how this season has gone.
0: Oh, man, like what what a weird roller coaster today has been like waking up to the terrible Schroeder news, finding out that LeBron really is having ankle pain. (laughs) Like it was it was as low as I can remember in this last two years. And then they finished the night looking like Every bit uh, like a team that if you throw LeBron in the mix is probably the title favorite. <laughs> like that, that's right. that's how quickly that's how quickly things uh, turned around. Uh, but hey, let's get a couple of uh, let's get a couple of guests up here and then let's call it a night. Uh, Raj and I are going to be doing a lot more of these, and if they run this late, we probably won't try to go too long. Um, but yeah. you know, part of the reason why we do this is we want to get you guys on board. Let's see, I'm going to start with I think this is G. gee what's up man can you hear us
3: yeah can you all hear me
0: yes sir what's going on man
3: nothing much uh finally a good win here but what i want to ask you guys piggybacking off of the tht thing mm-hmm. what do you think the rotation's gonna be cut to because you know west was huge gasol was huge and when uh shooter and a- uh shooter and lebron are back i mean you can't have all of them playing because i think we're gonna cut it to what like 10 11 so i just want your thoughts on that
1: yeah, I feel like it's gonna be uh, a matchup dependent most likely. I mean, like to me in the playoffs, the vets are gonna play right. Like I feel like wes um, Marcus, all those guys are gonna play more uh, right now. Thg's getting a lot of minutes, especially as the ball handler. I just, I just don't see him being in that role in the playoffs. Um, they're gonna throw him in, see if it, if it works. But in the playoffs, the possessions just matter so much more. Right. Like every possession matters and it just you just can't have these kind of turnovers and stuff. So uh, I think that's what will be cut too. But the Lakers, they have a deep team, deep roster. Everyone's going to be expecting minutes. So that's that's a tough part of this. But I, I think everyone getting minutes now allows Bobo to kind of pick and choose who he wants to play uh, when the playoffs start.
0: Yeah, I think I think you saw today, uh, too, just in the second half, like it was a lot less of Montrez. And, you know, I think uh, uh, he actually went to Caruso. Uh, Instead of THT down the stretch, and then when Caruso started to struggle to create offense, he went back to THT for a couple of possessions. Uh, That was kind of the interesting back and forth he was having tonight. Uh, But that means Vogel views THT as as one of his offensive creators. And right now, for a game like tonight, the offensive creator depth chart was thin. They didn't have LeBron and, and Dennis there. Uh, so he needed THT more, but THT is going to fall to fourth on that depth chart pretty quickly, if not fifth, if he has Alex Crusoe ahead of him. So it's one of those things where I think he's the obvious squeeze. And then if you're going to play Gasol and he has some clear loyalty to playing Drummond, then Trez is an obvious squeeze. Uh, and then the other one to pay attention to is Marquis, who just can't hit the side of a barn with the jump shot lately. Um, that, that's starting to, to, to become a bit of a problem. Um, and I'm hoping that that, that rectifies because he was one of their best shooters in the postseason last year. Um, but, I mean, those are the three names that come to mind to me, Keith, Trez, and, and THT, as guys that will probably fall out of the rotation when when all hands are on deck. So, uh, for Macklemore, because I know he hasn't been utilized as well when
3: LeBron was in because I think Frank brought him in when he pulled LeBron, which, like, doesn't make sense at all. And I know – his defense is a little bit shaky but when you have him you know with ad out there i think it's fine do you see any way of him falling out a little bit but i think his three-point shot making is probably needed the most
1: yeah like i think jason's higher on Ben than Malcolmore than i am uh i like i i do think they need his shooting like he's an unconscious shooter and the lakers like really need that um they don't have a lot of guys that kind of take threes like that where they don't even have to he doesn't even have to be open right like he he thinks every shot is a good shot for him, which has its good and bad, but it's just like his defense, he needs to be playing with LeBron, right? That's who needs to be playing next to. He'll get good looks there, and then he can survive. Like, if he's playing with the starters, playing next to AD, I just don't like him in that uh, all-second unit. Like, he, he plays a lot of minutes with, like, all of our worst defenders together. It would be, like, THT, Ben Malcolmore, Trez, Marquise Morris, right? Like, that's just a lineup where he's just not going to be good at, and he's going to be guarding people that, you know, are good scorers, So I think he'll play in the playoffs though. Like I think he'll get minutes, but he'll be—I uh, think he'll be a lot more situational. Um, yeah, that's why—that's why I think of Ben Malcomore.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I think I, there was a lot of debate going on with Ben Macklemore today on Twitter. Um, you know, like if you look at his numbers, it's a lot of bad stuff defensively. But the one silver lining is it's been good with LeBron. Um, I think they have about 30 minutes together so far. And in mm-hmm. the uh, maybe less than that, maybe like 15. I can't remember. They have some amount of minutes together so far. And in those minutes, uh, they've defended extremely well. The defensive rating is about 103. And they've scored the ball at a crazy rate, about 133 points per 100 possessions. And, you know, it, it's a no-brainer. It's, a, it's an archetype of basketball player that LeBron has won with throughout his entire career. Think J.R. Smith, think Kyle Korver. Even Ray Allen there towards the end wasn't as good defensively as he used to be. LeBron, LeBron, as a backline communicator, can help guys who have, you know, a little bit of a space-case attitude on defense. And uh, on the other end can get them wide-open looks so that they can capitalize on their value. And so I, I tend to think that uh it's too early to give up on Macklemore, even though he's had some struggles, because he, he really is a player that you need a LeBron type to really unlock him. And to Raj's point, like it's like the rising tide that floats all boats. If you put if you put Ben Mclemore with crazy bench lineups that don't have a ton of talent, like it's kind of setting him up to fail a little bit.
3: All right. Well, yeah. Thank you all for uh, answering that. I don't want to take up too much time for <laughs> people to speak, so I'll hop off this. But uh, thank you too, as Appreciate always.
0: It, man, I you. Have these, a good one, so, man. Uh,
3: see y'all later. Thank you.
0: All right. Let's get another one in here. Let's see what we got. Let's try T.
4: Yeah, what's up? Yeah, man? Um, well, obviously Lakers, you know, close win, close win against the Nuggets. But my question is, I'm, I'm just, you know, I've been watching uh, a few of the Lakers games, you know, against the Raptors, um, mm-hmm. against the Kings, Sacramento Kings, and you know, my issues is just with with the Andre Drummond and the saw minutes, you know, like, you know. <laughs> You see, you see what Mark Gasol did throughout the whole game. He, you know, space the, you know, space out full floor. You know, made some playmaking, you know, uh, assist and all that. But when you see, you know, Andre Drummond, you know, floppy plays, always creating turnovers. Ah, oh, but my my question is like, when it, what like, from 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 now on, or when it comes to the playoff playoff time, like, do you think? Um. Um. Vogel, do you think Vogel should start? Um, Gasol, then Drummond? Because I, 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 believe I believe he should. To be honest, like, that's 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 my question. So you're preaching to the choir here, T. Like uh,
2: Roger. <laughs>
4: I mean, I've been yeah, preaching. Like I've been preaching because, like, <laughs> I don't know what. Because, like, I was watching the fourth, the fourth quarter, and you know, you. I was and Gasol was playing, and you saw the Lakers were making, creating shots. They were making, you know, shots were, fla- well, were falling in and that. But when you bring in Drummond in the game, somehow, some way, the Nuggets they come crawling back, and I'm like, what the hell is Vogel doing, bro? Like, <laughs> I mean, bro. <laughs> we, we hear you, man. I think, I think Raj and
0: I both agree that, like, uh, uh, that we think that Gasol is the obvious option as a starter, yep. but that you don't give up on Drummond either. But at the end of the day, like, Frank has shown a tendency, just like he did with JaVale last year, that when push comes to shove in a postseason moment, that he is willing to make those adjustments, those tough calls that make a guy uh, have to, you know, sit on the bench after he played a lot throughout the season. And so... I I, I'm not worried about that specific decision being made. What about you,
1: Raj? Yeah, T, like what I would say is like, if you remember last year, like JaVale was on the other side, side. he was on the other side tonight, but he started every single game right um, last Mm -hmm. year. And that's how I would picture Andre Drummond. Like he's in that role. He's in that role to like bang around with fives in the regular season so that AD doesn't have to take those matchups take some weird shots, eat possessions, right, where um, where there's nothing going. They just throw it to him, and he gets a shot up instead of getting a turnover. Like, that's why I see that's how I see him. And Gasol will be in that Dwight Howard role, right, that former defensive player of the year, the guy you can, you know, lean on for his experience mm-hmm. and stuff. And maybe he'll start some games. Maybe he won't. Maybe they'll start AD at the five. But that's how I see it. I don't think, again, I don't think Drummond's going to be a big part of, like, whether we win or lose the, the title here. Yeah. Like that, I really don't. I think it would be a lot of Gasol. So uh, maybe this is just being wishful thinking. I don't know. Uh, they might start drumming game one of the playoffs. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I just think like Vogel has, has shown in the past that he won't. If the matchups uh, need it, that he won't. Right? He started Marquise Morris in the second round against Houston. Yeah. Um, and then I think against Portland, he also benched JaVale in the finals. Javel and Dwight, I don't think, uh, Javel at least didn't play a single minute in those first few games. Yeah. So uh, that's how I see it. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't stress too much about that. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, it it me.
4: pisses me off, man. You see what Mark you saw? You saw what Gasol did tonight. Like you know, anytime <laughs> I see Gasol, the way he's playing, this and that, I'm I'm thinking to myself, why is Frank Vogel playing Andre, giving more minutes to Drummond, who does nothing, like literally does nothing. All I see is him posting up, him him not rebounding the ball. But when I see Gasol. He's making the plays he's making the plays, and you know, I don't know, man, I don't know what frank Frank is doing man, but i mean i mean i'm not I'm not worried <laughs> like to be at all about the Lakers to be honest I mean, there's like I don't know how many games there's left like seven games, but like i mean they i I don't want to see them in the play-in tournament to be honest i i, I just don't, but I mean hopefully you know. They can figure this out, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can get another check.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, we we agree with you, T.
1: Hey,
4: man, thanks for hopping on. We appreciate
0: Uh, it. Appreciate Appreciate
1: it, T. Thank you.
0: All right, let's do one more and get out of here. Let's get Mr. David up here. we lose David? All right, let's try another one. Let's do Daniel.
2: Hello. Can you hear me?
0: Daniel, what's up, man?
2: Hey, guys. Laker Nation, what's up? We feeling a little bit better tonight?
1: Yes. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: (laughs) I think that was a much-needed win for everyone. And the only thing I would really like to say is, overall, to not really freak out. I think now is a little bit too early to get worried, but maybe it's okay to be a bit nervous just kind of the lakers overall you know mhm
1: yeah I, I, everything's go ahead rush i'll say what makes you what makes you most nervous like what's what's making you the most nervous um so the high
2: ankle sprain is what's really making me nervous because that takes just so long to recover from. And it's not something that you can really like speed up with a ton of physical therapy. You just kind of have to let it heal on its own. So that's a huge drag. Fortunately, Anthony Davis is looking a lot better. And I think the last hurdle he needs to overcome from returning his injury is just that mental hurdle. And him getting a lot of minutes tonight uh, makes me feel better with that. So overall, I think things are going to be okay.
0: I agree with you, man. I've talked a lot about the mental hurdle when it comes to these injuries. I broke my foot in between my uh, first and second year playing college ball, and like, I, it took me like six months to trust taking off of that foot again. And I think, I think w- when you factor in the fact that it's his Achilles, I think it gets a little, a little bit even more nerve-wracking for That's him. scary. It's scary. Uh, it's but scary. what's nice is you know, just by virtue of the, the, the threat of the competition tonight, he rose to the occasion and he forced, he was forced to trust it and, uh, and it held up for him. And so I think that <laughs> helps to build a, a little bit more confidence. You know, overall, in terms of feeling nervous about this team, everything's about the margin for error. Like last year, there just wasn't this outstanding threat other than maybe the Clippers out there. But uh, this season, it's like, man, like Denver looked really good before the Lakers manhandled them tonight. The Clippers look really good. Phoenix and Utah both look really good. The Brooklyn is this behemoth out east. If they can get healthy, that could be a gigantic
2: problem in terms. How of would they stop Anthony Davis and LeBron from getting to the rack, or Giannis for that matter? I'd love to see the Milwaukee-Brooklyn series. What are they going to do with Giannis? I don't know.
0: No, I agree, and and that's the thing is like then also Milwaukee and Philly present these huge challenges, and so I think mm-hmm. I think being nervous about the Lakers is normal. That's just a reaction to the fact that the league is so unbelievably talented right now.
1: Yeah, and just speaking to the LeBron point, like I, I don't think anyone knows their body better than LeBron. Like he, he said he kind of rushed back a little bit, but I'm rewatching that like Toronto game. I thought he was moving pretty fine um, on both ends. He was hitting his jumpers as well. So like LeBron's the last guy I'm worried about with this team. Like I, I wanted to see Anthony Davis. I Me and Jason wanted to see Anthony Davis put up a game like this, and he did. And I thought that was the most important thing. Um, we can't really predict how LeBron will play, but I, like just watching his playoffs. Um, I don't know who else is 100% right now as well. So uh, a lot of teams are banged up. A lot of teams are going to have to fight through this. This is a really tough schedule that's been put out. All teams are going through a hell of a schedule. So maybe it's just the healthiest team uh, that will win. But I like your point about, like, Brooklyn. And all these teams have, like, flaws, right, that they're going to have to go through. I don't know what Brooklyn's answer for a guy like Giannis is. I don't think it's Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's the answer for him um so it's gonna be it's gonna be like really interesting to see and and the lakers have two really big uh trump cards um ad and lebron are two of the best cards you want going into the playoffs so that that's thing that can make you calm all that chemistry and stuff that those are real concerns like uh chemistry with the team and getting enough reps with this group of guys that's what i'm most nervous about but uh I, i don't think i'm nervous about lebron right jason like lebron probably would be fine i think he's he's the guy i'm least nervous about uh in the playoffs
0: Yep, I 100% agree. I, the, as we mentioned earlier, I just he's less dependent on his physical gifts at this phase of his career. Um, I, I, I should say strictly just his mobility. He's a little bit more dependent on his strength, size, and his brain, um, which allows him to kind of compensate for some of his uh, you know, physical issues dealing with the injury. Uh, Daniel, thanks for coming out, man. We really appreciate you.
2: Yeah, you guys made tremendous points, and I uh, think you guys have been doing a really good job. So thanks for having me. <laughs>
1: Appreciate
0: it. It means a lot. Thank you. Uh, Let's uh, give David one last chance real quickly before we call it a night. And he bounced out again. I don't know what's going on with that. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll we'll try to call it just because it's already 11 Uh, o'clock. But we really appreciate you guys supporting us as always. Um, my guess is we'll do another one of these on Thursday after the Lakers hopefully beat the Clippers. And I'm yeah. going to do my best. Oh, David, did we get you?
2: Yeah, can you hear me? What's we up? can hear you.
1: What's going on? Hey, what's,
2: what's going on, fellas? Well, I think you kind of touched on it uh, in the last one, but I was just wondering with LeBron coming back from the ankle injury and then Schroeder possibly being out to, like, maybe the first round, like you guys said, are you guys worried about, like, the ball handling? like uh, in the first round of the playoffs especially like after what happened with like Tatum how you said he has to have like an inhaler and stuff I feel like Schroeder not going to be like a hundred percent going into the first round yeah and I feel like THT is our only option behind LeBron if that's the case
1: yeah, yeah that's a that's a scary thought <laughs> I think that really depends on like the team like like if we're playing the Clippers in the first round that's a big worry of mine because they they ball pressure a lot and and LeBron's going to need another ball handler, especially. But against a team like Denver, I think Schroeder can kind of work his way back. And you know what? COVID, that that's scary. Like, we don't know how he's going to come back. Hopefully he comes back right. 100%. Um, but he's going to get a lot of time. He's going to get two weeks here for sure um, out. And hopefully he can kind of build back slowly while the Lakers um, get some wins. But, yeah, that's definitely a concern. We saw tonight. I mean, THT was running that second unit for a while. It did not look good but I think, that's where yeah. Gas- I think that's where Gasol comes in, right? Like you have another right. playmaker that uh, that you can give the ball to. Again, I call him like a release valve You can just give him the ball at the top of the key. They're not going to ball pressure him out there because he's Marcus Gasol, so he can kind of um, playmake from there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely concerned, though, with the ball handling if Schroeder's out and not himself.
0: I think Schroeder is absolutely necessary to beat uh, the Clippers and whoever comes out of the East. But uh the Lakers have an ability to win basketball games with LeBron being their only really good primary ball handler. I mean, depending on how you felt about Rondo last year. Uh so point being, like, I, I think they can beat Denver, for instance, without without uh Schroeder. They just need to get him healthy in time for whenever the Clippers come around. Uh but yeah, as far as you know, the high ankle sprain goes for LeBron, just like we were saying earlier, like he just he uh I would rather have Anthony Davis at his peak physical form because of what they need from him defensively and let LeBron right. play old man ball. Like if he needs to post yeah. up all the time and, <laughs> uh, right. and do whatever it use his strength uh, as opposed to his mobility to gain an advantage, then that's what they got to do. Um, but at the end of the day, like uh, he, uh, whenever you're listing worries for the Lakers, I, I think LeBron <laughs> should be pretty low towards the
2: bottom of that list for sure. Right. 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 Well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks David. Appreciate you, David time, thank man. you. All right.
0: All right, guys. So, yeah, uh, stay tuned for Thursday. And uh, I'm going to try to throw this thing together and get it on the the podcast either uh, here in a little bit tonight or first thing tomorrow morning. Thanks, as always, for your support, Raj. I appreciate you as well, man. And I will see you guys soon.
1: Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Bye-bye.